Greetings one and greetings all. We are back and better than ever as we extend into the wonderful world of leadership through the Leadership Conversation. What is TLC? Well, I am so glad that you asked. It's the podcast series from the Center for Leadership and Character at William Woods University that aims to answer the critical ethical questions facing leadership that our world needs us to answer most. I am Tony Andonoro, Executive Director for the Center for Leadership and Character and the Chief Advancement Officer at this fine university. And I get the privilege of being your host, nay, guide, on this dynamic deluge of dialogue. As always, I'm joined today by my trusty graduate assistants, Kayla Daniels. Hey there. And Allie Mahoney. Hello. All right. So now we have some perspective for our pathway to promise that will ultimately inform the leadership journey for our listeners. So let's go to work. Our guest today is an incredible steward of the student experience here at William Woods University. In fact, she is our dynamic director of first year experience and creating pathways for retention and above all connection and community for our students at the Woods. However, that only tells part of the story. She is a leadership scholar in the truest sense of the world. Word, serving, the pri- serving as the priority lead for the seventh priority for the National Leadership Education Research Agenda, interdisciplinarity. She has proved to be a forward-thinking innovator within the space of leadership and leadership development and leadership learning. Further, she is conducting the first ever National Delphi Study of Distinctive Leadership Programs, which will set the foundation for benchmarks and metrics that can guide us to a much, much stronger place as a field. Aside from her amazing scholarship, she was absolutely passionate about being a teacher who focuses on the individual as a means of creating tremendous value for our world. If I could bottle her enthusiasm and passion for working with students and sell it, I would be a, mil- a billionaire within the hour. Crew, without further delay, dally, or distraction, please join me in welcoming the doctor of delivery, the principal of passion, the promoter of positivity, the ambassador of awesomeness, our director of first-year experience, and assistant professor of education from right here on the beautiful William Woods University campus, the often imitated, imitated but never ever duplicated, Dr. Katie Friesen. Hey, how's it going? Oh my gosh, it's so good to have you here. How's your day going? Well, I just, it, I'm mind blown. That introduction was phenomenal. I know it's coming because I now have known you for quite a while, but I am always like, wait, did I do all of that? Do I do all of that? I do. You do. I do. You do. And, and I think what you have done in the past creates a foundation for ultimately what you'll do in the future. But without question, all those things are, are true and they create the, the whole of who you are, this this wonderfully insightful leadership educator who is helping our students to develop into new heights. Yeah, and you know, I think what's really awesome about it is I love doing it. And so Ah. it's cool when you wake up every day and you get to do something that you love and then you look back and you have achievements. And so um, thank you for that point of reflection. That's awesome. Very cool. You know, along those lines, why don't we jump right into things? Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about that passion, where you developed it, how it applies to higher education, and, and really how, how all that kind of comes together in this conduit to help leadership to rise to the forefront and help our students to succeed. What do you think? Tell us about your passion for higher education and leadership. 
Yeah, um, so I, I am a product of leadership in higher education. So, um, you know, I, I grew up, I was in 4-H, and I, I learned about parliamentary procedure and leadership. I, um, I played softball, and, um, you know, I was a catcher, and so I was the one that could see everything on the field. And so um, I actually went to... Um, the orientation for my college at Kansas State University and my mom saw a table for the leadership studies program and she said you would be great for this Katie that's cool and uh you know I I don't know when you're a first year student you have no idea what's going on I always say you know you're wide-eyed and bushy-tailed but you can't quite get the things that are going on and what they mean and so I I took a risk um and I took a class and Mike Finnegan um set the pathway for me um, into the work that I do now. Um, he really developed the, he helped me to see the leader inside of me um, and developed my passion for leadership and this desire to give back. And so uh, I sat across his desk in this little house across the street from campus and I said, I want to do what you do. That was uh. before we moved and had a building built on campus for the leadership studies program. Um, and he said, you got to go to grad school. And I said, I can't do that. And he said, you can. And I did. That's pretty darn cool. I mean, I, I hope that you've had the opportunity to tell Mike, you know, how much he meant to you from a mentorship perspective. Yeah, whenever he calls me, I yell at him. <laughs> hey, thank you. Oh, my gosh. Well, You're that's it. The way it should be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, and then it comes full circle because you'll mentor the students that you get to work with on a daily basis and hopefully at some point in time they'll get to mentor you know future people that they work with yeah I um I get to live vicariously through all of my students and so um I mean it when I tell them come tell me what you're doing and what you're working on and who you've met and um all of those things because that's why I do what I do it's not me um it's it's our ability to really kind of like the ripple effect um, and creating change and positive impact in the world, um, you know, I get to just do that through the lineage of people who have met me and the people that I have met, right? I feel yeah. like I'm passing along the legacy of the people who have been in my life, too. That's super cool. You know, as I, as I think back to the mentors that have created a, a space for me to be successful, you know, they weren't always the ones who gave me the pat on the back or the ones who were... Sorry, crew. Our director of positivity is in the room today, and so uh, Ramona is joining us. She gave a little shake just to let everybody know she's here. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Ramona. Um, so back to that mentorship piece. Um, so, you know, as I think back, it wasn't always the person who patted me on the back and said good job was, that was the one that actually motivated me in the way that I needed at the particular moment. I, I think about, you know, Dr. Kim Dooley at Texas A&M who, you know, used to sit, sit me down and say, you're going to listen to Mama Kim, and we're going to have a serious conversation. (laughs) And sure enough, she held me accountable, and I knew that when she turned into Mama Kim, she meant business. And so um, thank God for her because she helped me to put some some fire behind my passion and and actually sink some teeth into something I was going to do in a a positive way. So, Yeah, I think um, sometimes we can can lose sight of just how big of an impact we can have. Um, And I think those people are the people that 
um, remind us that there's something inside of us. Just like you reading off your introduction, it reminds me that there's something inside of me and that I'm doing something that has a bigger purpose. Um, And we need that. And so I I think it's really powerful and I'm really grateful for the people that I've been able to surround myself with um, in my life because you know, it's it's really important to who you have around you. And so I I take that also as a really big responsibility in the work that I do. That's awesome. Very cool. So, you know, I mentioned in that intro that you're a scholar of leadership, both as a disciplinary and interdisciplinary space. So where do you see the field going or, or possibly where should it be going in the future? Holy moly. Um, You always ask the questions that like sit with me that I think about on my drive to work or when I'm putting on my makeup or when I'm teaching class. Like my poor students are probably like, where is Katie right now? And I'm like, it's because I'm just thinking about these meta ideas of what's going on in our world and what's coming and how do we how do we prepare people to navigate the the world currently um, and in the future? But so I was listening to this interview um, and I like I, I sat there and I was like, holy moly, I haven't heard of this person. Um, and her name is Queen Rania of Jordan. Mm, um, and yeah. so I was like, who is this woman? What is she about? I need to go out and do some more research on her. Um, but. That's awesome. I saw something about her the other day on the Tay Show. Yeah. Yeah, neat. And so I, um, she made this comment about how we are at an inflection point in our world and that we need to stop focusing on the why and we need to start focusing on the how. Mm. And so it really, it took me a moment because I think in leadership, and in leadership education, we often talk about the why and the how. Yeah. Like we have to give ourselves purpose um, and we're really focused on how we do things. Um, but I don't I don't know if we've necessarily made the shift to the how. And yeah. so um, I was also, um, I think that the world, was it the World Economic Forum or The Economist put out that um, there were these two women in Colombia that created the sustainability goals for the UN, mm. um, and that we hadn't quite made as much progress on those sustainability goals as we really would, ho- they would have hoped to when they created them in 2015. Yeah. And I thought to myself, yeah, because we're sitting around talking about the fact that poverty mm. exists in our world and inequality exists in our world, but we haven't talked about how to fix it. And then yeah. that reminded me of the Maya Angelou quote that was, do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. We know that inequality is not okay. Mm-hmm. We know that poverty still exists in our world and that that has tremendous impact on people's lives. Like we know these things are happening, but we're not doing and we're not doing better. Yeah. And so I, I think sometimes as leadership educators, we're teaching students, um, you know, and, and we're trying to rally people to do things. Uh, but I, I feel like we're kind of missing, missing the mark. And I think we also need to shift our ideas from developing how to do things for the 21st century and start thinking about the 22nd century because I think it's going to be really important. Um, yeah. Because we know that these things are a problem. Um, I, I, love, I love where you're going with this because, you know, I think about um, Paul Hawkins' book, Drawdown, 
and it, it provides us with the critical strategies to help address climate change in a variety of different areas. And it's really powerful uh, for the listeners uh, to check it out. Um, but when we work with our students, we don't tell them how to get into the practice of those strategies. There's, there's some pre-work, there's some pre-steps that need to be done. And if we just hand them a book and we say, oh, this is an important read, or we just say, it's important because we need to reverse climate change, it doesn't make it manageable for our learners. And so, holy smokes, we talk about accessibility all the time. How about accessibility from a content perspective and just helping people to understand the how to actually create an applied uh, understanding of leadership? Yeah, and you know, I share that because I don't know how to do it. I, yeah. I probably do, but you know, I'm I'm constantly in class teaching, thinking, I wanted I want to do this in a different kind of way, but I haven't figured out how to do this in a different kind of way. Mm-hmm. And so then that makes me go back to adaptive leadership and adaptive mm. problems. Like yep, yep. we have all this knowledge, um, you know, but we haven't quite figured out how how to shift that educational model that then develops students and people to be able to address um, not only the problems in our world, but the opportunities in our world, right? Like if we could solve poverty and inequality, if we could make people ethical citizens of the world, then imagine the opportunities that we could explore in that situation, you know? I do, I do. You so... So you think about it as as parents are thinking about how to work with their students or their, their kids to prepare them to be in higher education. You think about educators and how they're working to, to think through how they can create the best possible inside the classroom and outside the classroom learning environment to really, you know, help with this. I, I mean, you think about students who are on that journey. I mean, you think about this every single day as the architect of the first year experience at William Woods University. And so... You know, as you are constantly thinking about how to engage the students and motivate their persistence and learning, what do you think is is one thing that needs to be front and center for our educators, our parents, and even our students as they embark upon this journey to hopefully create a better place in our world? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Learning is hard. Yeah. Learning is hard. And so, um, you know, I, I propose the question about um, being a dependent learner hmm. um, to my students, and I ask them what they thought about that. So I come into a class. I need an A for my degree. I, you know, I have either a scholarship or I have people who are counting on me to get an A. Tell me how to do that, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to pass the class. Um, or this class doesn't fit my interests. Just tell me how I need to get a C to pass this class and move on. Um, and I think that um, for, for those of us who are helping students through that first year journey, helping them to understand that you never know what lies beyond what you know. And so I think rather than taking a class because it's interesting to you, we should be encouraging students to take a class because they might find something that's interesting. Yes. They might find opportunity. Yes, I love that. Rather than taking a class just to take a class, maybe do an assignment and go 
jump into the rabbit hole. Yeah. Go into the rabbit hole because you never know what you're going to find. Yes. And I think as educators, we have to be open to that. And so, you know, I open my classes with these are the assignments and this is what I want you to do. And then I ask them to share back what I say to them at the first day of class. And they say, but if there's something else that you want to look at from this perspective, as long as you can demonstrate the learning outcomes, which Dr. Andonoro is mm-hmm. is the um, you are the thought person for that for me oh, wow. working Thank with you. my students. Um, you know, do it because yeah. uh, you know because then I get to learn right, and so then students get to say things in class, and I'm like, we should write a research paper about that, or we should look more into that, and I think. I think if we can help students to understand that um, they're not here because they already know it all, and it's hard, but there's interest and opportunity, and you know, I didn't, I told Mike Finnegan that I can't go to grad school. Yeah, exactly. What the heck would have happened if I if I didn't go to grad school? Or Mike Finnegan said, "Okay." Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We need. We tried. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's that delicate balance of challenge and support. Challenge and support. I I love that. You know, as we think about these perspectives that you're sharing, I'm fascinated by the foundation that you have for your critical work. Um, as you think back, you know, on a on a personal note, what was the defining moment that really created the foundation for you to be able to do this amazing work? <laughs> oh. It's the most embarrassing story of my life, but it yeah. always comes back. Um, it was the summer after my first year of college, and I was reading. Um, I was reading Harry Potter. Harry Potter was like really big. Um, it's so embarrassing. So I was reading Harry Potter, and Dumbledore had like said something, and. Um, I'm kind of like a an old soul, a wise old soul. Um, and so I always really liked Dumbledore because he always had this wisdom about him. And, like, he lacked the excitement and the enthusiasm that I have. I have that. But he um, always speaks very calmly, and he thinks about what he's saying. And so everything that he says is just really profound. Um, and so I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like a really great quote. It reminds me of Mike because he taught my intro to leadership course. And you know what? I'm just going to go out on a whim and I'm going to send Mike an email and I'm just going to say, hey, Mike, like I was reading this book, Harry Potter, and this is the quote that I read from Dumbledore. He's this wise old man. Um, wizard, whatever, you don't really need to know that. It's just the quote that was important to me. Um, and thank you, you know, thank you for the class. Yeah. Um, and that email, he invited me into class to teach class on leadership in the next intro to leadership class that he um, was teaching. Oh, that's neat. Um, you know, and he told me that I needed to design a class on Harry Potter and leadership, but that was the the spark and the catalyst. Um, that was me reaching out to my professor to say, hey, I thought of you, I thought of the curriculum that we were learning, um, and then the next thing I know, you know, he got me in the classroom, he got me involved with orientation, yep. and yep. then I became, you know, involved with our leadership program on campus and um, obviously was like, hey, I got to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah, 
And then, and then you were just off. You were going there. I was just off. That's I was, so cool. I wanted to know. I um, I got a master's in leadership studies because I wanted to know the field. I wanted to know the foundation because I knew that people had walked around and talked about, I've been, you know, a leader for 35 years, and I call them airport books. Yeah. Um, no offense to, like, Adam Grant. I actually really respect you as a human being. Yeah, that's if you, good. If you listen to this, please call me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or, or me. Yeah. 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 One of us. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I wanted to know the field. And so I, um, you know, I got a master's in leadership studies. I, I kind of understood the history and the theory. I, I developed myself. Um, and then... Um, got into a higher ed education PhD program, yeah. which allowed me to explore the field even more. Um, and I kind of put like discipline and yeah. field level ideas on steroids um, for six well, years. Well, I love that. You know, Mike was the kindling that started the fire. And so that's that's pretty cool. But I think oftentimes we talk about how how it's the match. And inevitably, you you were the one that lit the match but when introduced to Mike and the kindling, he created the environment to help the fire to really rage. And so I, that is awesome. Very cool. So as you, as you look at your career to this point, and I know you're, you're still in the midst of a story career that is, is going to obviously create amazing things for, for the discipline and the interdisciplinary space of leadership. But when you look at your career to this point, what are you most proud of? I don't know why that question makes me feel like I want to cry. It's probably because there's some good stuff in there that wants yeah. to come out. Um, I think I'm so. So I think I'm most proud of my network. Um, yeah. You know, and that network includes um, you know my family and. Um, the people that I get to work with that, you know, whether they're at my institution or, you know, across the globe and, and my, my students, of yeah. course, like the students yeah. are the thing, you know, that get us all going. And then your colleagues are the people that remind you the students are the thing that keep you going. Right. But I think it's that network because, um, I mean, it's just conversations like this, right. I'm excited to go back and listen to this podcast because I have ideas mm -hmm. for papers in my head Yeah, and, um, I'm glad that we're recording it, right? Because I think sometimes I forget to do that, and then I go to sit down and write, and I get writer's block. Yeah. But if I didn't have my students and the people in my life, I wouldn't think at the depth and the breadth that I think um, every th every single day. So that creates the foundation for me um, to do the work that I do um, yeah. and to be motivated to write papers and do research and remember how it applies to our students in the world. Yes. Um, and so I think I'm most proud of, um, I think, being a good enough human to be surrounded by good humans. Oh, like, how great is that, though? Yeah. You know, we talk about how, how, how good company forms great character. And, and that's a testament to that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It, wow. That's why I, I want to cry because it feels good. No, that's great. Okay, let's transition to the lightning round. Oh, no. The following questions stem from the questionnaire concept originated by French television personality Bernard Pivot on his show Apostrophes after the Prost questionnaire originated by Dr. Marcel Prost and then popularized by James Lipton on Inside the Actors Studio show. So, Dr. Friesen. 
Are you ready? Yes. What is your favorite word? Joy. What is your least favorite word? Can't. <laughs> what turns you on? <laughs> um, nature. What turns you off? Can't. <laughs> <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? Um, probably like the leaves like rustling in the wind and like the birds chirping. I, I feel like I've turned into a really old lady. So this is, this is an audio podcast. So what you can't see is Katie was performing some type of jazz hand yes. next to her ear to, to help to really help us understand yes. the rustling. That anyway, <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? Um... <coughs> What sound do I hate? Probably the phone ringing. Sorry. Mm. <clears throat> Sorry. Adam Grant, you could still call me. <laughs> <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Holy cow. Um, I would like to be a carpenter, a civil engineer, and um, there was something else that I really wanted to do in another life, and I can't remember. But definitely a carpenter and a civil engineer, and yes, I have thought about it. That's fantastic. You're still building things. I love the <laughs> I love the parallels. What profession would you absolutely not want to do? Accounting. Mm. No. Too, be, too much, eh? Sorry. Okay. Sorry. It would be so right. bad. Everybody would lose money, and it would be bad. Ellie's, Ellie's over here very upset with you right I'm now. glad that you like accounting. Thank you. Isn't that your double major? Yes. Yes. Amen. Of course Amen. that's Ellie's. Amen. Yes. I will cheer you on and <laughs> yeah. live vicariously through you for the rest of my life. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Last question. As students, faculty, and staff at William Woods University, and those well beyond listening to this podcast... What advice would you provide to them as they embark upon or continue their own leadership journey? Just give yourself grace. Um, huh. Tell us more. Well, R Ramona has thoughts. Yeah, Ramona definitely has <laughs> thoughts. You need to get on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think, I think sometimes um, we get in our head and – I think I was teaching my students about the amygdala and, you yeah. know, our our fear responses. And so no matter how you're responding, if you're responding out of defensiveness or frustration or if you're responding out of, you know, I, I can't do this, I'm paralyzed in my anxiety, um, you know, kind of wherever, or you're feeling like you have to defend, like, your honor sort of thing, like, there's, I think we forget to give ourselves grace in this world that we don't know everything and there's no possible way that we could know everything. Mm -hmm. And we need to remember that learning is hard and it doesn't stop. Just because I'm older doesn't mean that I've stopped learning. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that my parents haven't stopped learning. I think we forget that, um, you know, we were in it until we're not in it anymore and there's there's just a lot more life to live and learn from and that grace is really important for the journey that is awesome i uh i i think that is something that we can all learn a lot from i know you know i've tried recently and you know for the past and it, and it is tough to start each conversation with what if i'm wrong yeah because that that place of intellectual humility or 
the opportunity to just create a space where you can think differently about that which you've thought about a lot probably before. That's the essence of learning. How can we tell our students to learn and then not be willing to learn ourselves? And so your words speak to the genius of that. So thank you. Yeah, and I got to just shout out um, the beautiful, beautiful Maria Carter. Mm. Um, I have a a note card on my desk with a quote from her, and it said, um, you have been wrong your whole life, and you – like you just found the truth and that's the gift oh that's a gift yes. that's the gift the gift is not I mean it's not oh shoot I'm wrong I've done this wrong my whole life it's the gift that now you know yeah. um, and I remember when she said that I um, I got goosebumps I still have goosebumps because I, I hadn't thought about it that way um, and I think when we kind of shift our thinking to understanding that now we've been given this gift um, it's a beautiful space I I I appreciate your reference to Maria Carter, uh, you know, thought leader, amazing individual. Um, you know, maybe we can get her on the podcast sometimes. So we can bring you back and you can have some of that conversation with her because I think the, the two of you in the same space create some really cool opportunities for our listeners. Yeah. And so, Dr. Friesen, we can't thank you enough. We, we really appreciate all your time and we hope desperately that you will continue doing the heavy, heavy lift of work that you continue to do on a daily basis because that's really what our world needs. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, thank you, Tony Weed, for this amazing podcast yes, equipment. Yes. Sorry, I have to Tony shout Weed, out everyone. Dean of the School of Social Science at William Woods yeah, University. Yeah, phenomenal. Um, and thank you for giving me a space of reflection um, and continuing to remind me um, the impact that I'm, I'm having. You're an important piece of the work that I do. And so I just want to tell you that I really appreciate you and our graduate students um, who are amazing yes. and bring life to our campus and bring life to our undergraduate students. I couldn't do it. Um, you know, I stand on the shoulders of giants and you all are giants, even if you might not think so. That's awesome. Well, definitely all those. And again, we wish you all the best and, and please keep keep pushing because it's it's making a difference. Awesome. Well, crew, from us here at the Leadership Conversation, that's a wrap. Another episode in the books. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode featuring the one and only Dr. Katie Friesen, faculty member and director of first year experience at William Woods University. We want to thank Katie for her time, perspectives, and leadership. As we close, it's apropos to note that leadership is authenticity and purpose. And that creates a path for advancing others. Katie embodies this every day as she creates a foundation for her students to soar. Ultimately, this is the foundation for a better world as we build leadership capacity that our world needs most. We want to thank Katie for that and thank her for being here. We also hope that you have enjoyed this installment of TLC. We hope that you join us again next time. This is Tony Indonoro signing off and reminding you that our world is a pretty crazy place that is in desperate need of real leadership. However, our opportunity to lead is predicated on our desire to act, and that starts with you. Thanks so much for listening. Take care out there, and have a great day.